Welcome to the Diary of a Sales Expert podcast. My name's James White, and I'm on a mission to help business owners and sales professionals all over the world get incredible sales results. So thanks for listening, and let's get started. So this week, I'm going to share with you a story of how not to look after your customers. I'm going to use an example of something that's just happened to me quite recently, but I want to share some other thoughts around what to do when you get customers so that you make those customers want to stay with you. And this is a story that's related to something that's happened to me in the, in the last week. And, and, and there's, a, there's a concept I have around you know, how you make customers that work with you into ambassadors for you. If you're not careful, then they become disciples of who you are. But if you're not careful, they'll also become pirates and start to talk against you. And I want to share some, some, some insights that you can think about and use to help you really understand the customers that you currently got and are those customers you know, shouting for you to turn other people about how good you are or they go the opposite way and tell them how bad you are. And I wanted to share this story related to a mobile, so a mobile phone company. So basically in the UK, there's a mobile phone company called BE. And I've been with, with EE and I have 12 numbers on my network. It's 12 people that uh, we have phones more on my network. So we pay around about £400 a month for our mobile phone bills. And um, that doesn't, you know, phone, mobile phones have changed over the time, but I've been with the must be for at least seven or eight years. So if you work out, you know, what that is, so it's five, nearly £5,000 a year, there's nearly 10 years. So £50,000 worth of business over the last, say, eight to 10 years that they've had from, from me. And uh, it's, you know, am I their most profitable customer and most, the best customer, the customer they can tell everyone about, maybe not, I don't know. But what I had is a quite a loyal customer. I've never missed a direct debit, and one of my payments go out on direct debit at that time, so I've, ne- I've always paid on time, um, never created problems for them, never had to, to ring them. If you looked at my customer service calls with them, it'll be one, you know, every, once every six months or so, because I'm, I'm a load of maintenance customer, let's just call it this, pays on time, and just use their mobile phone. Now, I know mobile phone companies, quite obviously, I've got millions of customers. They're not worried ultimately about one and two individuals. Uh, and I also know that, you know, ultimately when people work with companies, they, they buy, they don't just buy into the company itself, they buy into the service that's offered. So, you know, when you have a mobile phone, you want to be able to make a call or to, to access information or to do something you need to do. But a couple of months ago, my phone, my phone is, uh, a set. My phone is a set. I had it for seven years. I don't often change my phone. I can't be bothered with the hassle of it. And I'd, uh, I, I'd literally have this old phone and uh, I, I've got the new one here. The new one's um, the one I've just recently picked up and I could show you the old one. The battery on it, um, sorry, the battery didn't work. It literally, I had to charge it five times a day and the screen broke. So I couldn't write P's and L's. So I was having to think of little words to, to, to write. But I, so I thought, no, I need to change it. So I picked up the phone to hear. I thought, right, well, I'm a long-standing customer. I've been with them for, you know, so for some time. I'm, I'm going to have a conversation with them and, and sort of see what they say. And then the, the first part of the story is, 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 is to look after your customers, to set advice, how do you do that? And so the first thing that really sort of frustrated me was that, that they picked up the phone and they said, oh, yeah, we can't, uh, and the, the first thing they said, oh, we, we can't talk to you directly. You've got to go and speak to your account manager. So I said, okay, well, who's my account manager? I've never heard of anyone. No one's ever called me. No one's ever picked the phone up and said, hey, James, how's business going? How's things happening? What do you want to do? How do you think about adding more people to your company or... You know, what other services, you know, can we, we have a chat to you about? No one's ever done that. So, apparently, I've got this account manager, but I've never heard of them. 
So when I uh, picked up the phone and, uh, and the, the person wasn't there, they sent an email saying, uh, the email was very blunt and very curt, this idea of what could, what could out, what would you want, basically. I was like, all right, okay, that's, that's a nice way to treat a long-standing customer. But anyway, I said, well, I really need to get this new phone and just introduce the price of something to see now the phone is what the phone is. I don't really want to move away from EE because I've got all these numbers and we'll have to migrate them all over. I don't want to do that, but I want to get the best, you know, I want to get the best deal possible, but I'm so realistic around the price. What can we do for you? I'm also a long-standing customer. I've been with you for 10 years. You've, you've earned this money from me and I'm lamented to that hassle. And the, the reaction I got back to them was, sorry, definitely we do, that's the price. So the first thing that made me feel, the first thing I say to you when you get customers that have that conversation with you, of course it's difficult to, you know, price is always a difficult thing. Price is the issue in the absence of value. And, and, and maybe I, you know, maybe I haven't understood and granted some of the, you know, the, the elements around what will be we do it. But the, the, the things that I was looking for were massive differences. I think that the price of the phone was something in the region of 60 pounds a month to 50 pounds a month. So over a two-year period, it's like 250 pounds, okay? And I was going, well, so you have been to the wait and said that there's nothing we can do. Didn't, didn't pick up a phone, didn't talk to me, didn't actually say, well, really sorry, Mr. White, I'm really sorry, we can't change that because of this, and how can we make it right for you? We can't do offer you a discount on the phone, but look, we'll, you know, we've got BT Sports, we'll give you access to that uh, as a customer, or we'll do something else for you. And if I, I think if that had happened, I wouldn't be where I am today, which is, I've changed the network. And it was their complete and utter lack of care for me as a customer, which was the first thing. The second thing was the way that that account manager, who obviously hadn't been given the right trailer support, who supposedly was my contact, but I've never heard it of, was then so blunt and so direct. And so, if you like, angsty with me, it turned me the other way. It's literally made me now go, and I will say to people now, and I've moved to a new network called Three. So if you're uh, listening to this three, I've moved to you. I've moved all my network across. We've got uh, uh, 11 phones, 12 phones crossed into three as a network now. And they gave me a really good deal. And they made the, the, the phone that's a bad that I'm all I've got is uh, a new phone. It's great because I'm able to use a new phone. But they've also given me a slightly better rate than I would have had in the year. And I'll be honest, the movement to change that over was also really painful. So uh, when I phoned up and asked for information, they made it really difficult. They made it really difficult to, to, to change over this individual person. Even though three told me they needed something in a certain way, he basically said, no, I'm not going to do it. That's not how we do it. And the whole process of it has made me now quite anti-EE. So whenever I look at EE, and I'm right on the same around HSBC is back for a number of other reasons. Maybe I'll share it in, a, in another podcast. I'm exactly the same around HSBC is back. Someone says to me, do you choose HSBC or NatWest or Barclays? I will always go NatWest or Barclays because of what they did to me and how I felt they treated me. And I guess the question is, down the same for EE. Even if the service, and the service is pretty good from three so far, but even if the service became um, yeah, worse in time, would I go back to EE? No, I wouldn't know. And I guess what it just made me think about is relation to two things around your customers and the people you have. Firstly, if you've got people that are low maintenance customers that are working with you, that want to stay in for you, but just want a bit of love, with a bit of care and retention, then give them that. It doesn't mean to say you have to give them a discount. It might just mean that you need to just set them something now to get that makes them feel special. It might mean that you can add on an extra service for them. You can give them something extra that, 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 that makes them feel great. Or it may even just be, and by the way, if you're the camera, if you're Corey watching and listening to this, do you think of pick up your phone, 
hey, I'm your account manager. I'd love to have a chat to you about understanding your business, what you're planning to do, you know, what other devices could be helping with. There could be other things as a salesperson they could have, you know, inspired me with that maybe think I haven't thought of that or, or, I, or I didn't realize there was a deal to link my broadband or whatever or could do broadband at home as a, uh, as a package. There, there could be something as a part of it. But as it was, there was, there was no love, there was no care, there was no attention folks for me as an individual. And it's made me go, well, the few up yours to you and I don't want to work in that. And I have a scale, and I'll, I'll, I'll maybe try and put it a link to it, where I talk about people being, there are five, five, five stages of a customer's happiness. Number one on that list are what I would call pirates. So pirates who proactively tell people how bad you are that and they're asking you. So now I will tell people about the story of how you and how I don't like you proactively. I won't even wait for someone to mention it. I'll say it actually, but I've had a really terrible experience and this is what happened. Demons are people that, if you ask them, won't say good words about you, but won't do it proactively. You've got so-sos and then you've got angels who will tell people what they do is either they like you, but more importantly, you have disciples who will go out of their way to proactively say to people how good their experience was. I see that at Gordon Ramsay restaurant I went in years ago. Um, a small issue, they came out with a bottle of wine, but the, the house front manager couldn't have been more helpful in getting it resolved. Turned us into a position where we were a bit uncertain about something and literally made us feel incredible as a result of, of their care and attention. And I gradually tell people about that, that experience. And I guess my question to you is, if you've got fours and fives, angels and disciples, they're in the service force. They're out there telling the world about you and what you do and how good you are. And that's going to allow leads and opportunities to come in. I was talking with a client the other day. I said, well, the new lead for me, where did that come from? Because they were talking to someone else who'd referred and recommended us because they loved our service so much for what we were doing. So my point to you is this. Have a little look at your list of the top maybe 15 to 20 customers, or even if you do it across all your customers, where are they in that list? Would they go out of their way proactively and tell people how good you are and say that you're, that you're great at what you do and they love your service? Or would they be what I would call you know, de demons and pirates who are people that are literally telling other people what you're, what they think to your company with and denigrating your name? And rightly wrongly, we all as human beings want other people's opinions into what we're doing. And if you see someone consistently saying, that's not very good, they're not great, they're not good. You're going to question your own thoughts around it. And my reason for saying this and the frustration I have about this is it doesn't need to be that way. I didn't want an awful lot. I didn't want much love. I didn't want much care. I didn't want much attention. I just wanted a little bit of attention. I just wanted to feel that they could, you know, maybe max that phone advice for £250 over the course of two years. Or if they'd have given me something to the equivalent of that, well, I'd only gone, okay, it's a hassle to move, why would I move, I'm not going to bother. But as it is now, they boss me. Now they might look, these are big companies, this is a big company, they might look and go, oh, it's a fly on a run in last. Doesn't matter. Yeah, we've lost James, there's a few cares, we've lost James White, that doesn't matter at all. But my point to anyone watching this, if you're at ease, if you, if that, me, how many other people does that care manager not phone? How many other people have felt the same way? How many other people literally think, well, well, I just want a bit of love and support and a bit of protection as well. Uh, it's a slippery slope. You know, I always say to people, Nokia used to be a good company once. The reality is they, they lost track of who they were and their innovation, what they were about doing, and, and became a, a, an also ran. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to you. They, they, it probably isn't going to be the case. They're, they're a big organization. But if you treat customers in a you know, condescending, and by the way, the guy that the emails I have from the, you know, this account I call it, were condescending. They were, I accepted, they accused me of a lie. They actually accused me of lying, but you're on one of the emails. If you treat customers in that way, 
don't be surprised when they vote with their feet or when they vote with their bank balance somewhere else and they leave you. And what that is going to eventually do for you entirely, yeah, you might be, you know, you might be good at bringing new customers on board, but as I would say to people, if you've got a hole, yes, you've got a leaky bucket, there's no point pouring water at the top if you've got holes in the bottom. You're churning, if your churn rate's high, because people don't feel valued, don't get service, you're also hiding to nothing as a business. So I share this story mainly because I think it didn't have to be that way. How looking in, people say, well, I'm non-EE as a business, James, I can't feel it. No, I'm not saying you have to be like EE, I'm not saying you, but just look at the customers that you've got. You know, we come up to the festive time at the moment, what do I do? I, I make absolutely no bones of saying I invest in my customers in presence. I invest in sending pampers and gifts and materials to all of my customers as a thanking to say thank you for your business. I appreciate it. Why? Because I want to show them the first thing that I do appreciate it. It's not because I want anything else from them. I want to say thank you. But more importantly, I want them to feel special. And when customers feel special, then they want to tell other people. They want to do other things. They become your sales force. So. You want to be in a position where you can do that. Just have a look at what you can do. What's the, what's the nice gesture you can do to your customer? Maybe there's just a box of brownies that you can say. There's a couple of great companies. The Sweet Reason company is a brilliant company that I use. Um, Susie and her team there. Or there's a company called Garrel Potter's Brownies. There are oftentimes when I will just send something in the, co- in the post to customers, I'll thank you for doing business. These little touches make people feel special and it keeps them you know, staying with you. And, and if you keep quiet and not proving to be a problem customer, that are paying you on time and doing everything you want, why do you want to leave? What's the point? Why would you want to leave people like that? So I just encourage you to do those little gestures on a regular basis. Some people say, oh, I don't want to spend the money on that. Well, great, but if you run the risk of that potential client or that client saying, well, I've got an option to go do something different, I'll maybe move elsewhere. Don't, you know, don't take, don't take advantage of what you've got. A lot of people, unfortunately, many faces, they've got a relationship and they don't look after it, they nurture it, they treat it in a special way. And guess what? That relationship then changes in time. They're in the back door, which I have that still. So don't be in that position. Do a simple thing. Look through your list of 21st customers and start asking, are they a one? Are they a demon? It's going to tell other people about how bad you are. Or have you got, you know, literally disciples who are literally saying how great you are? And maybe work, what you can identify to work in that group. How can you turn more of the twos and the threes, or maybe the threes that are so-so, into the four, into, into the, the angels and disciples to tell other people and become your salesforce for you? And also just have a little look and say, what can I do? It's a nice gesture. It doesn't have to even be anything sensitive. Sometimes it just be a card, a card in the post that says, thanks for such a good business with you, I really enjoy working with you. Something small that makes the customer think you will show an interest in them can be go a long way to making sure you can grow your business because it can get other people to maybe be aware of you. They'll tell people about you uh, and they'll, they'll become your sales force in, you know, in a way that you haven't got, you know, if you haven't got a sales force in place for that. And by the way, uh, if you are, I might do this as a separate podcast episode, if you are PE and you're watching this, sort your account management procedures out, there's absolutely no point in having an account manager and owner for someone when you don't offer any account management to that person or to that company. Don't try and be an account manager and try and create structures just because it's your way of working. Focus on the customer, what the customer wants, and then and, and try and put in plans to, to help them achieve their goals or to get to know them. If you do that, you've got to keep business. But the business first team of EE, I'm afraid you've got it all wrong, in my opinion. Happy to be proved wrong. Happy for all the directors to get on a call and tell me how good you are. Maybe I just got a bad example, a bad episode, but um, in my experience, if it carries on my back, you're going to lose more and more people just as good as me. So I think my final message on that is, yeah, give free again, really pleased them, happy with the service. With regards to me, it's just a downward thing for me. Don't like the way they treated me. Don't like the way they took it for granted. Don't like the way they, they, uh, they made me feel 
that are pretty small and unloved as a customer. And I thought, well, if he left, then my business is going to ask somewhere else. So that's the story we've walked out today. I hope it's been giving you some thought for what you can do in your business, just look after those customers. But I want to see as I always finish with a positive story because I've been a bit, a bit of a gravity today. Um, it's okay. So I'm obviously out to around and show passion for what you feel. But I wanted to give a really, yeah, brilliant inspirational story of a guy called Giuseppe Paterni. So Giuseppe is 96 years old, 96 years old, and fulfilled a lifelong dream um, by graduates of the top of his class, the first class honors from the University of Palermo. And he's uh, Italy's oldest ever graduate. He wasn't able to study as a child uh, and had worked in his, in his father's business and in other businesses all the way through World War II. And he always had a desire to learn. And the reason I love this story, he had an absolute incredible desire to learn and, and to, to, and I'm not sure if Giuseppe's still here because this was back in 2017, but he had a dream to learn and to become a graduate. And uh, he could only do that duty when he got later on in his life and then uh, that. Uh, in, in, he enrolled in university in 2017, and um, a couple of years later, became top of his class at the, years of, at the age of 96 years old, and has now got first class honours in public philosophy from the University of Palermo. So, Giuseppe Paterno, what an inspiration you are, 96 years old, still learning, still were the first to get back to him to improve and to fulfil a dream. And maybe that's a lesson for us all. You know, we all get to get older and we can't do things. Giuseppe's just proven that we can do anything if we've got our mind to it. He's done it. He's become a graduate at 96. So my question to you is whatever age you are, whatever you're doing, what is it you want to do? What's your dream? What, what do you want to make happen? And uh, I'm going to support you and help you as much as I can to make that happen. If I can give you any tips of inspiration and give you stories like this from Giuseppe, I will do. But go make it happen. What stops you is my question. The answer is nothing. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's always appreciated. And uh, if you can, Share the story with other people. Uh, you know, if you can tell people about it, if you can subscribe and, and, and actually you know, rate the podcast, even give us a rating. Tell us what you think too. It's hugely appreciative. It enables me to continue to invest in doing interviews with as many people as possible and, and trying to make this the best podcast as possible for sales and business and inspirational stories. So thank you so much for your, uh, your ears and I'll see you next week. Take care. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed. If you have, please subscribe to the podcast. It helps us ensure more people can get the insights and ideas they need to get incredible sales results. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode.